Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. I uh, want to talk to you about a subject or I guess a subject matter that really I would say probably doesn't get talked about especially from the pulpit, and it's something that God has, over time in my life, been stirring in me, and I've had opportunities to be involved in different situations as a pastor, as a police officer, as a chaplain, in the lives of, not only in the lives of people in our church, but the lives in our community, and seeing a great need that calls us To follow up in the sense of last week, obviously a great message, Jeff, you shared last week. I was able to jump on and listen to the podcast actually Sunday night because I had to jet out of here on an emergency uh, situation in the community, which I'll touch on in a moment. But about community and thinking more about this subject of community and how it works in the local church, also in outside of the building our facility, there's community that is happening. And we're touching the lives of people and we're connected with people all over in our community. And maybe we don't know their situation or we don't know their story. But I want to talk a little bit today and just go down this path. And I I believe my sense is this is going to take me two weeks to cover because I can't just, it's not something I can just kind of plow through and give you a couple scriptures and and so forth, but I want to make sure that you understand that there's some things that I'll be sharing next week that will be good, things that will help us in the process of talking about this particular topic this morning. And so this is, just really is an an extension of community, an extension of community. Lord, I pray right now, as we dive into this next few moments this morning, I just pray that your preparation for each one of us Uh, You're preparing our hearts to receive, to hear. Uh, This is not just for us. Maybe we, there are those here today that need this personally, but I think there's many of us as well that need this in helping others and and seeing you work through them into others' lives as well. Lord, I, I just thank you. As was mentioned in prayer this morning about your love for us, but that we are commanded to love other people. We're commanded to love others. So we're doing that, and we look forward to what that looks like in our future and what we're doing. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Looking after each other, recognizing when there's a need, whether it's somebody in the church or somebody in the community, just taking just a few moments of our time to say, hey, I've been thinking about you. How are you really doing? How many times do we just greet somebody and we say, how are you doing, and what? Fine. And and we kind of move on. And if we would have just maybe asked, no, how are you really doing? Maybe we would have got something just a little bit more. And we're so busy in life that we don't, almost don't want to hear somebody say, I'm not really doing that well. Because that could be an inconvenience. And I want to say, that's not God's heart. We should never be so busy in life that we can't take the time with people that we need to and looking after each other. 
There are so many emotional and mental challenges that people are going through these days. And as I left here last Sunday, and throughout this week, I began to think more about this, this topic and this, that I'm going to be discussing this morning, really boil it down to the, just the, the word or term suicide, which is a scary word, and it's a word that nobody wants to hear. Nobody really wants to kind of go there or talk about it. I don't, pastors typically don't take a Sunday to talk about this to their congregation, and maybe it's something that's a bit fearful to talk about, but I believe that God has set us to this place in time saying, no, I, this is a word. I have a word that is going to be encouraging to people. I've been taking some training and certification over the last several months on different areas, dealing with crisis intervention, a critical incident stress management courses, and different things to where God is enabling me and helping me to be able to learn how to help people deal with when they're dealing with stressful or crisis situation and intervention type situations. And it's opened my eyes to so many more things in the lives of people. And God has really put within me a fresh passion and compassion for people. And I will say as your pastor today, to be honest with you, I didn't realize that I really didn't have that for several years of my life. But God has orchestrated and done things and directed me and taken me down this path in my life where I'm sitting here today going, wow, I would have never, I wouldn't have seen myself here, but I'm here. And I say, God, there's a purpose. There's a purpose. And God, I'm submitting myself to whatever that purpose is. I'm finding myself in my heart, in my, uh, everything about me is just caring for not only God's people, but also and everybody's God's people, obviously created, but people that are in the church, but also people in the community, because they're all hurting. And it doesn't matter where we're at, we're hurting. The advantage we have as believers is that we have a God that we can hold on to and have hope in and call on. That's, the world doesn't have that until they actually are able to accept that and grab a hold of that. And that's one thing that we have that we can share, is we do have a hope in Jesus Christ. John 10.10, which is a scripture that always rings loud and clear to me about these types of things where the thief's purpose, what's the thief's purpose is? There's nothing good. It's all about steal, kill, and destroy. And his purpose, that's his purpose. His purpose is to destroy you, steal from you, kill you, whatever he can do. But I'm so thankful that that scripture doesn't stop there because there is a Savior named Jesus Christ that says my purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life, an abundant life, a life filled with hope, with joy, with peace. That's his purpose. His purpose is not to harm us, is not to throw things at you, to trip you up, to cause you to stumble and fall. That's not his purpose. And he's for us. He's not against us. So understand the huge chasm between the purpose of the enemy and the purpose of Jesus Christ. I mean, it's amazing. So we fit in there somewhere. We're, as human beings, we're caught in this thing called life. And there's a pulling and a a drawing that comes in different directions. 
It's the difference between the enemy of our soul and the champion of our soul. There's a big difference. Jesus is championing for us. He's there. He's interceding. The enemy is he's the enemy of our soul. He's, he's trying to take us out. It's the kingdom of darkness versus the kingdom of light. And it's a battle that we're in every day. Suicide. The act of taking one's life intentionally and voluntarily, it's a tough thing. I wrote down something that just my thought process on this. It's a progressive or sudden emotion that triggers the action of taking one's life that cannot be undone. And that's the enemy's plan. He wants to create enough action, enough things happen in our life that will eventually either instantaneously or ultimately trigger us to make a decision to end our life because that is the enemy is constantly trying to do this. Do we recognize this? And I think about this and I think, Lord, I know this is not your heart, but we live in a fallen world. We live in a destructive world where people have made a choice because God gives us up that to choose. And there are people who choose evil. Evil things happen. And I was thinking about this as I was processing through this. And even because suicide is becoming so rampant now and the, the, the multiplication factor, it's doubled, tripled, quadrupled over certain years. And then it's what it's doing now, it's, it's moving its way down into our, believe it or not, our elementary age. I know of a family in our community this last year, nine-year-old daughter committed suicide. We have things that are going on in our schools, whether it's bullying or the different things that are happening that create, or there's just this talking and, of things of children even that don't understand, and they've, oh, hey, you should try this, or whatever, and, and there's an enemy that's out there who is trying to bring destruction. But understand this, this is where our hope lies, and this is where community is for us, but God will take what the enemy meant to destroy us, and he will take that and create community from this. Let me give you an example. This is what I, I'm not going to go into detail, but this is what I experienced last Sunday when I left here and I went out and I took a call. I really wanted to be here and listen to Jeff's message. And at first I was a little frustrated. Why would this happen? Why would this happen right here in this moment? And I realized I'm not up here preaching. God had already orchestrated and designed things ahead of time. And I realized there was a crisis in our community I could either sit here in a great, nice place with really good, nice, loving people that I love and listen to an incredible person stand up here and speak, or I could take a few moments and go and deal with and help a situation where people are at their worst point of their life. I think about what the enemy meant for evil. I believe those are things that God can turn and create community. We have a young man in this community. I didn't know him. Early 20s. For whatever reason, there was multiple reasons, he decided to end his life last Sunday morning while we're sitting here in church worshiping God. But to go on to a scene where you have a mother, siblings, friends who are absolutely me a mess. Over time, that group ended up growing with friends because people were texting and calling friends, and it, there was, a group got bigger. There's probably, I don't know, 10 or so. Of, of his friends that ultimately show up and I'm talking to them and I, there's they have no hope I could tell they had no hope they were so hurting because of what 
their friend just went through. And talking with the mother and, and hearing from her and hearing her heart and, and just trying to just be there. Because, you know, in these situations, you can't really say much other than say, you know what, I'm just here for you. Whatever you need, whatever I can do. And she said, you know what? You know what I like to do, chaplain? She said, I, I need to see something good from this. She goes, can I go talk to his friends? I said, absolutely. So I gathered them all together and brought her in, and she introduced herself to some that she didn't know and others she did. And as she began to talk, and I thought, you know what? Even though there's, we live in a society where people that were gathered around, you, you could say there's not the aspect of, wow, at least we have Jesus right now. We, there, that wasn't there. But I'll tell you, there's some things that she said that, was in, that were impacting to me. And she said, you guys, I don't know all of you, but I need to tell you guys, you are good enough. And she said those words to these young kids, and they're just sobbing, and they're sobbing. She said, don't ever, ever let yourself get to that point where you don't feel valued or you don't feel you're good enough. You need to. If you could take anything from this, please, you're good enough. And I'm thinking about how we can impact. And so there was this little community that we could see began to form. And I gave my card to several of them and said, you can call me anytime, any questions, anything I can do for you. I'm there for you guys. Some may never call, some might call. But I was thinking about this and how impacting it is in the lives in our community. It's, you, it's your neighbor, it's your family member, it's people in the church. We have experienced this in our church. Suicide. My wife and I have walked with people during those times, and we think, wow, what can we do? What can we do? Because there are things we can do, and I'll get to those more next Sunday. I want to talk a little bit today. There's, I look in the Bible, and I said, God, there's, there's obviously you, there's things that happened in the Bible. These things happened. Begin to study these different people and study the different psychological causes and things that we see. I'm just going to go over a couple of some of the Bible records of suicide, and some of them you're familiar with, and some maybe not. We have Saul and his armor bearer. Ahithophel is another one, that name probably not real common. Zimri, another name, Samson, and then Judas. And these are just some that I picked out, and there's probably others. But I was, in reviewing the process and the thoughts of suicide, the actual suicide and thoughts of suicide, for several different people in the Bible situations, we see a few of these psychological causes. And I'm going to touch more on these as I go. I'm just going to hit bullet point these. But just like with Judas, for example, we see a sense of guilt. With Saul and Zimri, we see defeat. Paul had a situation with the jailer who he was able to talk him out of killing himself because of failure. Failure is another one of those things. Defiance. We see Samson and Ahithophel, who dealt with that. Depression. Here's one I want to focus on just for a few moments. Depression basically is a deep sense of despondency, discouragement, and sadness. And it's often linked with a sense of personal powerlessness and a loss of meaning and enthusiasm for life. I was thinking about this personal powerlessness. That's when we realize and we've kind of had this thing that we're holding our life together and we have all these plans and we have all these things that we're doing and then all of a sudden it's taken from us 
and we're no longer in control of our future, our destiny. And there's something that happens and they begin to lose. There's things that they lose. They become despondent, discouraged, saddened. And then beginning this loss of enthusiasm for life and it begins to, we go back to what did Jesus say? I've come to give you abundant life, exciting life. And we've gotten so far away from that because the enemy has slowly been able to chisel away, chisel away, chisel away. Because I ask people, I said, what? I, I talk to people a lot that have attempted suicide. Obviously, I've never been able to talk to somebody after, but I've, uh, I've talked enough to people that have attempted it to find out really what's going on in their life. And basically what we're told as well for people who commit suicide, and we have to understand that this is no person's intent is ever, ever to hurt other people when they're doing this. Honestly, their feelings, because they've gotten so far down this path, their feeling is that my family, my friends, would be much better off without me. They truly believe that, which is a lie from hell. We know that. We see that. So this whole depression that comes on, that the enemy loves to dump on us. And I know there are people here today, you know what I'm talking about. You've dealt with it. You've been through it. We see some major people in the Bible who had a lot of issues with depression. I'm just going to name a few and talk about a few of them. Elijah, Jeremiah, Jonah, somebody named David. Probably won't talk about his today, but I, I, just Elijah for, for starters. Elijah, man, incredible man of God. He had all these prophets of Baal killed, and then Jezebel comes after him and says, hey, I'm going to kill this guy. Well, we see that he was afraid. He flees for his life. He went to Beersheba, and he left his servant there, and he took off. And he went in alone into the wilderness. He traveled all day and went deep into the wilderness, and he sat down under this solitary tree, and he prayed that he might die. He says this, I have had enough, Lord. He said, take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. This is from a man that experienced some incredible things of God. And here the enemy is able to get him to this point of wanting to die. Doesn't feel value. Doesn't feel like he's worth, it's worth living. Note to self here in this, by the way. He went into the wilderness alone. Don't go alone. Let's not walk alone. Let's not let each other be, walk alone. Let's come on. Let's come side by side. Let's come together. Let's, hey, you're struggling. I, I, I'll do what I need to do. So many times I, what people say is, I wish, I only wish I would have done X, Y, or Z. And I didn't do it. Or I wish I would have known. It's another one. Somehow we have to figure a way. And it's spending a little bit of time talking with people, encouraging people. Sometimes those are the things that open the door for us. We see Jeremiah. Jeremiah was called by God to be a prophet to the nations. God actually touched his mouth and said, I'm putting my words in your mouth. It doesn't get much better than that. Wow. A spokesperson for God. The prophet Jeremiah, man of God, what does he say? He says in Jeremiah 20, 15 through 18, I curse the messenger who told my father, good news, you have a son. Let him be destroyed like the cities of old that the Lord overthrew without mercy. Terrify him all day long with battle shouts because he did not kill me at birth. Oh, that I had died in my mother's womb and her body had been my grave. Why was I ever born? My entire life has been filled with trouble, sorrow, and shame. 
These are words of people we know who are great men of God. So don't think that it just happens to those who maybe couldn't figure out life or they didn't have a purpose or they didn't know. It happens. It can happen to anybody, and it does. It doesn't matter your status. You could be a multi-billionaire, and it happens. What industry probably see this a lot in? Movie stars, all that. I mean, they're, they have all the money and, and all of the fame that they want, and they're depressed. And they would say, I would, I would give all this up if I could just be happier. Some, something good would happen. So it doesn't make sense. Then we have Jonah. In Jonah chapter 4, the first few verses. And we, this is where God had told Jonah, he said, you're going to Nineveh and you're going to tell them that I'm going to destroy them because they're sinful people. And Jonah is like, no, I'm not going there. He jumps on a boat and, you know, he gets tossed over and eventually he has a face-to-face with God. And there was a change in plans. He didn't want to do what God told him. His thought process was he kind of figured out what was going to happen. And he's like, no, I'm not going to go down that path. It's going to make me look, not, I'm not going to look good. And so it greatly upset Jonah that he was to have to do this. And he became very angry at God. So he complained to the Lord about it. And so he said, didn't I say before I left home that would, you would do this, Lord? This is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew you are a merciful and compassionate God, slowed again, angry, and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive you think about this. You think about how did, that, how did Jonah get to that place? Because God, because and he knows who God is. He's an unfailing love. He knows God's character. And he said, I knew you were going to forgive those people. And it would make me look like an idiot, basically is what he's saying. His saving face was more important to him than saving of 120,000 people. Sometimes we get into that place and it's all about us. We're consumed about us and how people perceive us and what that, what's going to be about me. And we forget God is about the big picture. And so Jonah cared more about saving face than than the repentance of 120,000 people, which ultimately happened because he went back and did what he was going to do. And it's like, God, see, I knew it. They were going to repent. But that's why God called him there. If he wouldn't have went there and spoke, then they recognized they had a problem. And they went to God. They repented. But if they wouldn't have... Yeah, they would have been destroyed. But God, that's the power of God and the heart of God. It's not for destruction. It's for saving. He sent Jonah there to save them. But Jonah looked at it more like, I'm going to look like a goofball. Let's not get caught up in building our kingdom. Let's be about building and promoting his kingdom. We get so caught up in our own thing and our own issues and our own life. And, we, and the enemy so subtly takes us out of what God's plan is. And we're over here on the sidelines. And the enemy just keeps chipping away. Jesus said he loved the world. God said he loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. He had much greater plans. That's just the area of depression that we see. And I named a few people in the Bible that are, that are prominent men in the Bible that we see go through this stuff. And then the, the last thing I'll share, there's certainly more of these things. But another cause of suicide or suicidal thoughts is just grief and pain. This is Job. (laughs) You know, Job had, from our perspective, every right to complain in the sense of, wow, could you imagine going through what Job went through? No, man, that's pretty tough. 
pretty tough. And through this process, and Job comes to this place in chapter 7, in, the, in the verse 15 and 16, he just says, I would rather be strangled, rather die than suffer life like this. I hate my life and I don't want to go on living. Oh, leave me alone for my few remaining days. We can see where the enemy can get us to that place. Because here's a man, Job, who was a very successful man. And everything about him was successful. But God allowed some things to happen. He allowed the enemy to come. He said, have you considered my servant Job? Well, Job, I'm sure, was like, God, why did you say me? Sometimes we don't understand. Why me? God allowed this to happen for a purpose. And ultimately, as Job really hung in there and trusted God, and in the end, we see the blessing, the multiplication, the abundance that God had for him comes to fruition at the end of the chapter. So many times, our friends, our family members, we get to this place where we're in this deep, dark pit and we just say, I can't do this anymore, when the reality is just a little bit longer, there's an opening that God has and just this incredible, the green pastures, all the things that you're looking for and hoping and praying for is revealed. But it's not in our timing, unfortunately. It's God's timing. But if we're able to recognize that the hand of God, the purpose of God is for abundant life, that's his purpose. Sometimes we have to go through things to get to that fullness of understanding what that is and the appreciation of it. Because that's the thing that you talk to people who have been directly affected by suicide. They have a much greater appreciation for life, for people, for relationships, when they're able to begin to work through these things. And it's really the heart of God to bring community. Community. He wants to bring community. He wants to bring unity. And so when we get mad at each other and we get mad and we bow off or we say this or that or we say the wrong thing or we don't understand and so we're telling somebody, you know, because this is the thing that many times gets told to people who are struggling with depression or whatever it is, Hey, just buck up. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Come on. Get your act together. That does not help. That won't fix anything. That's not how Jesus did it. <laughs> you come along and you begin to side and you begin to love and you begin to encourage. You begin to, you know, it's tough unless you've been there. Unless you've been there, you don't know. You don't understand. But I know there's people that are seated here today that you have personally been in that place. Deep dark place in your life but for the grace of God the mercies of God that you're seated here today you understand what it is and God's called you to be a part of community and to reach out to others important well I have a whole lot more and I think I'm just going to say a couple more things I'm not even going to get farther into my notes I'll do this next week because I, I really want to to get us to think more about this, the heart of God, and understanding the enemy's purpose and his plan. And being able to rise up with others around and say, I refuse to let the enemy defeat me in this situation. I refuse to allow my family, my life, my friends to be taken out by the enemy. Because it's happening all over around us all too often. And as I stand here today, I feel like God has given me a mandate, in a sense, to rally around with other people in this area called community, in the church and outside the church, 
He's saying we can, we can make a difference. Somehow, we can make a difference. We can rally together. We can save, even if we save one life. That's a testimony of the goodness of God and the grace of God, the mercy of God. He cares about us so much. Each time I walk away from a situation where there's been a suicide, I think about how much God loves us. He does. He does. And that was not his plan. It was not part of his plan. That was the enemy. We, re we read it in John 10.10. 10. We know it's very clear what his plan is. But we, it's also very clear what God's plan is. Let's begin to be able to feel the heartbeat of those around us. And let's, it's okay to be honest. It's okay. I won't go into the details. I've shared this before, but I know my wife and I walked through this when she went through this whole five years of clinical depression. Had to come to that point of just kind of being honest and saying, you know what? This is what's going on. So many times we don't want to say this is what's going on, but it's okay. Because that's where we get to that place where we have, then we allow the Holy Spirit to come and He begins to do His work. He begins to cleanse. He begins to wash. Washing of the power of the Word. And we're going to talk next week about some, some things that we can do as individuals that are biblical, scriptural things that we can do moving forward. Lord, I thank You again that You did create us. You created life. Your purpose is for us to have an abundant life. We take authority over the enemy right now and his plan to bring destruction upon people. Lord, we, we take authority over his evil tactics, God. We know this is not of you, but God, we are calling forth that the spirit of suicide, whatever it is that's going on, Lord, that that thing would be thwarted, that thing would be gone, God, people begin to recognize who you are, God. You would, you would begin to, your name would be lifted up. Your name would be lifted high. God, people recognize there is hope in our Creator. Grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ is there. We come to you in our greatest time of need, and your arms are so open to receive us during those times. We thank you for that, God. We thank you for that, God. Today we submit ourselves to you and we commit ourselves to you and we commit ourselves to each other. We recognize, God, that we are all created in your image. And we are created for relationship. That's the whole reason you created us, to have relationship with us. And then for us to have relationship with others around us. That's why you created this world is for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. What I really want today is just for us to, when we leave here, is just to really spend time saying, God, what is it that you're doing in me? And what can you do, not only in me, but through me? How can I be a part of this community? How, uh, 
the relationships and the things that so we get so busy in our daily life and we go by people one after another that could just use somebody to say you know what you're good enough you know what God has a plan for your life amen let's stand we're going to sing the song that we sang a little bit ago is miracle of God there's miracles that God is releasing in the, in the families that need a touch from Him, that they're suffering from these issues that I'm talking about today, whether there's depression or uh, all, all of those things. And I just believe God is bringing answers and He is there. And you might feel like you're in a place of no hope, but I'm telling you today, there's hope in Jesus Christ. There is hope in Jesus. Amen. Let's sing this. that immersion happens, there's an agape love that gets a hold of us. I want you to understand something. Agape love is different than just human love. Agape love is that miracle that can happen now. It's the miracle that begins to happen where it begins to rise up inside of us, where you come to a situation, you don't say, I don't have enough for this situation. It's the, it's the agape love that says, because I've got God with me, I have enough to talk to somebody about suicide. I have enough to be the hope in their life when they're in a deep state of depression. I have enough because I have God with me. I have a love that transcends what I can do. I want you to just receive a miracle here this morning. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to shore yourself up with God for just a moment here, just as we end. And I want you to say, I receive the miracle in me. That's you, God. I need you to fill me up. I need you to immerse me. I need to be so full of your love that any situation that I run into, any, any obstacle that I run into, even what I'm dealing with in my own life, God, I receive your love in my life. I receive the agape. I receive what you are. You are love. You are agape. You are a godly love that is a miracle love. It is far above what I could ever do on my own. Fill this place up, Lord God. Immerse us. Say that in your own words. Immerse me, God. Immerse me, God. That I would have empathy. That I would have sympathy. That I would have um, just an open heart for what you are doing in people's lives. I pray, O oh God, even in that agape, you would give us words of knowledge, words of wisdom, Lord God, for those that we are walking past. Prophetic words for those that we are walking past every day, Lord God, in every situation. Fill me with an agape. Fill me with you. Let me be the miracle that I'm walking through. Amen. That's good. His love is just oh, so good. We're dismissed. Anybody here today, and you, and we'll probably do this next week as well. But let's encourage you. If, if you're saying, you know what, I really could use some prayer. 
whether it's you or somebody you know, your family, your friend, neighbor, whatever it is, I really want to begin to pray, you know, whether it's your life or someone else's life. We'd love to have, be able to pray for you this morning. As we're dismissed, if you want to come, and we have some of our prayer team here. We'd love to pray for you. God cares so much. But I would say this too, um, anybody you know that maybe think, man, that, that message would have been good for so-and-so. Refer them to our website. They can listen to the podcast. Uh, I would say the last, for sure, the last few weeks of what God's been doing and speaking some things, I think we really encouraging the people uh, in that regard. So uh, make mention of that. Amen. God is good. I'm just praying His blessing on everyone here today. And uh, we really, really that God, His purposes will be fulfilled in your life and those in your loved ones and those, those that you're praying for. We're contending for that. And we're here to pray for you. We're here to stand with you. Amen. Again, if you need prayer, you'd like prayer, we want to encourage you, we want to pray for you this morning. So go ahead and you can come as we're dismissed. And I would say take the time to see how somebody's really doing. <clears throat> really do that. You know, you might be surprised by this. But you think of people that you say they must have it all together. They, they're doing well, or I, I, I think they're doing well, and it could be that they're in a bad place and they just you just don't know it. I think the perception is the pastor's always doing His job is to be well. His job is to always be upbeat. His job is to always encourage. I'm human just like you are. I go through things just like you do. I think we're all in the same boat. <laughs> we are. There's, there's nobody in some special place. This, this platform means nothing. Actually, it probably means more challenges. <laughs> But, you know, God gives us for different things than where we're at in life. But understand that. There's nobody better or greater than anybody else in this room. We're all in the same boat, and we're all loved by the same God. With that agape love, it's great. Amen. God bless you. And, uh, yeah, be encouraged. Encourage someone. Uh, come prayer, prepare if you need to. Amen. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 